In this bulletin, indigenous leaders from around the world demand King Charles III apologize for the effects of colonization. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese says enough is enough regarding Julian Assange's case. And Acting Prime Minister Richard Maltz says the budget will deliver cautious cost-of-living relief measures for Australians. Prominent Indigenous Australians have joined with leaders across the Commonwealth urging King Charles III to formally apologise for the effects of colonisation. Ahead of the King's coronation, representatives from 12 countries have written a joint letter calling for reparations, acknowledging the impact of slavery, along with returning the remains of Indigenous people and cultural artefacts. Australian signatories of the letter include Nova Peris, the first Indigenous woman elected to federal parliament and the co-chair of the Australian Republican movement. Pharaoh ARM co-chair Craig Foster, as well as Victorian Independent Senator Lydia Thorpe, co-signed the letter. The letter says we stand united in engaging a process to right the wrongs of the past and to continue the process of decolonization. We, the undersigned, call on the British monarch King Charles III on the date of his coronation, being May 6, 2023, to acknowledge the horrific impacts on and legacy of genocide and colonization of the indigenous and enslaved peoples. The Northern Territory government will allow fracking to go ahead in the Bitaloo Basin after lifting a five-year moratorium. The Bitaloo Basin contains an estimated 500 trillion cubic feet of gas, making it one of Australia's most energy resource-rich areas. A new petroleum operations unit will monitor compliance with an annual investment of $2 million. Chief Minister Natasha Files says onshore fracking could begin as early as 2024. I want to make it clear. Traditional owners, Aboriginal Territorians, have the power to veto a project. Now is the time for the Northern Territory to provide the energy that the world needs to transition to renewable energies. We are absolutely serious about protecting our environment and our social amenity. This won't come at the cost to Territorians. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has declared enough is enough for detained WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, adding there's no benefit to his ongoing imprisonment. But the Labour leader, who is in the UK for the King's coronation, refused to reveal if he would be raising the imprisonment of of the Australian's case during an upcoming visit from US President Joe Biden. Assange has been in prison in the UK for more than four years and is fighting extradition to the US to face espionage charges. Mr Albanese told the ABC that he would continue to raise the issue both privately and publicly. Well, my position is that enough is enough. And I continue to say in private what I said publicly as Labor leader and what I've said as Prime Minister, that enough is enough. This needs to be brought to a conclusion. Uh, it needs to be uh, worked through, including we're working through diplomatic channels, but we're making very clear uh, what our position is on, on Mr Assange's case. 
Acting Prime Minister Richard Miles says the federal government will need to be wary of a $112 billion debt as it prepares to announce cost-of-living relief measures for all Australians in next week's budget. Mr. Miles told Channel 9 that the debt was created by the irresponsible financial management of the previous government. We, we as a government, inherited a trillion dollars of debt from the former government, which, for all their rhetoric, uh, was a big-spending, high-taxing government which lacked discipline when it came to the management of the budget, such that we've now got a trillion dollars of debt and with very little to show for it. And what that means in terms of framing a budget is that we're faced with a $112 billion interest bill over the next five years just to service that debt. However, opposition leader Peter Dutton countered the acting Prime Minister's argument, pointing out that the coalition had put the nation's finances back on track. He added that the debt was brought on by measures which were introduced during COVID and which all had Labour's approval. The fact is that when we came into government, the trajectory of the debt was $667 billion. That's what Labour had done. We got the budget back into balance. And then COVID hit... We spent $343 billion through JobKeeper, keeping people in their jobs, keeping businesses afloat. Labor supported every dollar of that spend and they proposed another $81 billion of spending. A quarter of a million frontline aged care workers will get a 15% pay rise from July as the government fulfills a long-awaited promise. The federal government has announced it will allocate $11.3 billion over four years in next week's budget to pay for the pay rise. Aged Care Minister Anika Wells says it's long deserved. What that means for aged care workers, if you're a personal care worker, that means for you nearly $140 a week extra or $7,000 a year extra in your pay packet. If you are a registered nurse, it means $198 a week extra or nearly more than $10,000 a week extra. That is life-changing money for people. The pre-budget announcement comes as the Greens continue to push Labor to commit to more social housing and rent relief as negotiations stall on the government's signature housing legislation. The Al Jazeera News Network has reported that a ceasefire in Sudan has been broken with airstrikes and heavy shelling reported near the presidential palace in the capital Khartoum. Eyewitness reports on Twitter also claimed artillery fire was heard in the neighboring town of Omdurman. The week-long ceasefire agreed to by both factions in the Sudanese conflict was supposed to be in effect from yesterday until May 11. However, chances that it, that it would hold had been considered slim. Since fighting began in Sudan between military factions and lawyers to two top generals nearly three weeks ago, ceasefires of up to 72 hours have been repeatedly negotiated, only to be repeatedly broken. Sudan's de facto president, Abdel Fattah al-Buran, is leading the government forces in a power struggle against his former deputy, Mohamed Hamdan Daglo, who heads the paramilitary rapid support forces. Ukraine's capital, Kiev, was targeted by an air attack on Thursday evening for the third time in four days. Mayor Vitaly Klitschko says Kiev's air defense systems downed a drone in the central Pechersky district, sparking a fire in a four-story building. People sheltered in underground tunnels beneath Kiev's Maidan Square as air raid sirens wailed. 
two defense miss two defensive missiles streaked across the evening sky and a loud explosion was heard. No casualties were immediately reported. Andrei Fetchenko, a resident of the area, describes how he went outside when he heard a sound of shooting. I live nearby. My son serves in the military. He warned me to leave the building and stay on the street. So I walked out and saw this thing flying above, a drone. Later I saw something intercepted over there. Then I saw smoke here. I went down and saw everything burning. Apparently it was the Russian drone. Government spending on research has dropped to its lowest on record, triggering a warning from universities. New forecasts show spending is on track to be 0.49% of GDP in 2022-23, having never dropped below 0.5% since records began in 1978. Universities Australia Chief Katrina Jackson will tell the Australian Higher Education Industrial Association's annual conference in Hobart today the federal budget is an opportunity to fix the nation's research problem. Australia has about 81,000 researchers working in universities, undertaking 45% of all applied research and 87% of basic research. And to sport in football, a penalty converted successfully on the ninth minute of extra time gave Brighton a crucial 1-0 Premier League win over Manchester. Manchester United. The goal was scored by World Cup winner Alexis McAllister. Manchester United have fallen to fourth place, to fourth place, the final position leading to next season's Champions League with Liverpool hot on their trail. The Anfield side is four points shy of Ado Ten Hag's team with four games remaining until the end of the season. After the match, the Manchester United manager defended his player, Luke Shaw, who made the error that led to the penalty. Luke played a good game, and that's really unfortunately that he's then making a mistake where well, it's uh, coming a penalty, and then we can't bounce back. And yeah, that is, of course, annoying, but that's football. We have to deal with it. Bounce back on Sunday. And now having a look at the weather around the country, Broome, sunny 33, Perth, partly cloudy 24, Adelaide, rain 18, Melbourne, late rain 18 degrees, Hobart, showers 18, Albury-Wodonga, partly cloudy 14, Canberra, partly cloudy as well, at the top of 15, Wollongong, sunny 22, Sydney, sunny and 22 degrees, Newcastle, mostly sunny 23, Brisbane, similar conditions, 25. Townsville, mostly sunny, 27. Cairns, partly cloudy, 30. Alice Springs, sunny, 24 degrees. Darwin, mostly sunny, 33. And the Torres Strait Islands, a mostly cloudy day and a top of 33, 30 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News. 